Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated Sportsbook app. Get it on your phone. Why is it a Wisdom Wednesday? Because we are graced with the presence of Andrew Brandt, longtime Packers executive, was an agent before that. Now he's an agent again, helping out Gary V and the guys. Cannot wait to get his thoughts momentarily on the Patrick Mahomes contract, the Redskins name change stuff. Some of these contract restructures, Deshaun Jackson. There's about a million things we need to talk with Andrew about in a little bit. We will have a new Spread the Word winner on Friday during our latest Co-Sells Concepts edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. That means keep it up. When we're posting all this awesome stuff, all these clips on social media, at Ross Tucker Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, intern Casey's killing it. Even if you guys listen to the show and you're not into the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, that's fine. I think you'll still enjoy going on social media and seeing the clips and seeing what everybody looks like and seeing how we talk to each other, et cetera, facial expression. So at a minimum, check out the social media clips. I retweet most of them at Ross Tucker NFL. Would love if you guys did the same. We'll also have a sponsor confirmation email winner on Friday like we do each and every week. Speaking of like we do each and every week, on Wednesdays, we have Andrew Brandt because he knows the business side as well as, if not better than anybody. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So I try not to hog too much of Andrew's time So I'm not going to go into all of his jobs because if you see his email signature like I do, just that would take 10 minutes. I mean, that just that would take 10 minutes. We don't have enough time for that. There are a lot of things I need to get to with Andrew. Check him out on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. He's obviously the host of the Business of Sports podcast, which is excellent. Get so many emails, tweets from people that say it's their favorite show. I try not to take that personally. Uh, I I just look at it like, hey, they really like Andrew, and there's nothing wrong with that. Andrew, we got to start with the Patrick Mahomes deal. 
So many pieces of information have come out over the last couple of days. You've written about it on Twitter, at the MMQB. You know I like to do this. Blank canvas, my friend. I didn't think it would happen for a few reasons, Ross, and good morning. I think that we're in a holding pattern with the NFL. We'll get to their negotiations later in this segment. But I just thought after Christian McCaffrey, player contracts were kind of dead, first of all, because all the uncertainty, who knows, who knows what the 2020 season is going to look like, let alone 2021 cap. I didn't think it would happen. Then if you told me, okay, Andrew, it's going to happen, what will it look like? I would have told you four, five, six years, 30, 35 a year, heavily 100-something guaranteed. And he'd be a free agent again at age 28, 29, 30. So I didn't think it would happen, and I didn't think it would happen this way. My first and continuing reaction, Ross, is why so long? And I know what everyone watching and listening to me and and coming back at me over the past two days is saying, how can you turn down a half a billion dollars? How is a half a billion dollars a bad deal? And I'm not in the, the, the sort of hot takes of good and bad. What I want to say is that I think this is way too long and doesn't give Pat Mahomes any optionality in his career. And when I saw 10 years, which turned out to be 12 years, my first thought, it was, okay, he's got one of three things. He's got optionality with an opt-out, like NBA stars get, LeBron, Durant, all these guys after two, three years. Or he's got optionality to adjust to the market when quarterbacks pass him by, which they will. Or he's got what everyone's talked about, some kind of cap or cash adjustment based on the cap going up and a percentage. It, and at one point, Adam Schefter, for two hours, it looked like he had that third one, but he doesn't. He has no optionality in this contract. It's 12 years. I don't get it. I don't get why a superstar would line up with a deal for so long without an impressive number of years of full guarantees. And again, let me just say this. I know everyone's going to say, well, they'll never cut him. Well, if that's the case, my response as an agent is, okay, great, just guarantee it. You're never going to cut them. But they don't. So they have these rolling roster bonus, which are really one-year options for the team after a certain number of years. Okay, let's just take the money aside, the big number that everybody jumps on. Those are my criticisms. Is it a lot of money? Yes. Is it a lot of money for the short term? No. As I pointed out on Twitter, 63 million over three. That's what Teddy Bridgewater is getting. That's less than Ryan Tannehill's getting two other contracts that got done this year. And it just shows you the Bridgewater especially shows you the value of free agency, which Pat Mahomes will never, ever see. So it's interesting, Andrew, all good points. It seems to me like in any negotiation, any contract, both sides have priorities. Yes. And it really, based on listening to everything going on, it seems like the priorities for Pat Mahomes were, number one, to not have the uncertainty of where he's going to live, what team he's going to play for. I think he's sort of the opposite 
of the Dak Prescott model or Kirk Cousins, I don't think he wanted his status to be up in the air and for there to be unknowns. I think he really likes it in Kansas City and really wanted to be in Kansas City for the long haul. I also think that I think it was important to him that he got, on paper at least, the biggest contract in North American sports history. I I think he wanted his number to be more than Mike Trout. I think he wanted that 10-year, $450 million extension, and that's the most that anybody's gotten. And I mean, it's $10 million a year more on the new money part of it than any quarterback's gotten. So I'd like to think it'll be a while until someone would pass that in that part of it. And I also think, and he has said this, which is always easy to say after the fact, that he wanted to help the Chiefs. I think he did that in the short term with the cap number over the next three years and taking less. And then even in the long term, with the Chiefs being able to plan around what becomes a big number in some of the future years. It just seems to me like those were his priorities, right or wrong. Right. But <laughs> if you say to me, as and I'm an expert on these things, hopefully one of the best experts around, who quote unquote got the better of this deal, it's the Chiefs. You know, in 2001, I was able to get Brett Favre under contract for 10 years. And yes, we paid a premium in terms of number, $100 million or more than that over the next 10 years. He played nine of those years on that contract with the Packers the last year with the Jets. It was a great deal for the Packers because we had the most precious asset in the NFL under contract for a decade. And now the Chiefs have the same. I just talked to you, Ross, about the numbers. The numbers are not great early. Now, by the time those numbers kick in that you're talking about, The cap, assuming we get past COVID and the NFL continues to be the NFL we all know and love, the cap is not going to be 200 million. It's going to be more like 300 million. And then 40 million a year, 45 million a year for your best player in the league. I don't know it's going to look like that. And this is something where I am predicting because 10 years, 12 years is, is an eternity. And I don't think anyone can clap back on this. Quarterbacks will pass him by. They will. They already are now. And I know, you know, he could have made more just playing it out his deal and doing a franchise tag in two years. But that's what he wanted. That's fine. And and the Chiefs, I'm not saying deviously, but they played on that, wanting the Mac Trout number. And quickly, as you know, and I hate to be a constant Debbie Downer on this, but it's not like Mike Trout. Because in 10 years, Mike Trout will have $420 million. In 10 years, will Pat Mahomes have that? We don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But guarantees are worth so much. That's why NFL teams avoid them. My last comment is the Kansas City Chiefs have the most precious asset in the NFL under contract for basically an NFL lifetime. That's a win. Let's move on, Andrew, to a, a team you grew up in that city in Washington, D.C., and that's the Redskins. At least for now, it's the Redskins. Kind of unbelievable if you think about the fact that it seems like that was two weeks ago. It was just Friday when everything kind of came down 
with Nike and FedEx and Pepsi and the statements by Daniel Snyder and Ron Rivera and the NFL. What are your thoughts on, on the Redskins name change? Do you think it's as imminent or definitely happening? I know you were hit me up on Twitter about it. It's amazing. I mean, the speed in which this seems to be happening where let's just say that we're deciding on a name change in the NFL logos, marks, years of planning, years of putting out not only Redskins branding, but branding within the league concept. I'm predicting in a normal situation, that changeover takes two seasons. That's my thought. If you just said, okay, what does a changeover in a name of an NFL team take to fully happen? I say two years. (laughs) As you said, this seems to be happening in two months. Unbelievable. I don't know how it's going to happen, but obviously NFL owners and Roger Goodell can happen by fiat. And you see what's happened, as you mentioned, sponsors and money's gotten involved. Nike, FedEx, which is the naming rights partner, which is a part owner of the team, Fred Smith, are demanding this. And now we hear about minority partners pulling out. So, which again is curious to me, like if they change the name, you still want out? it's happening. It's happening because of, of sponsor pressure, but there's got to be pressure, I think, from other NFL owners and from Roger Goodell. Because you know, as well as anyone, this has been in the news for 10 years. I'm still a little skeptical where I say I'll believe it when I see it, right? And that's what I tweeted. Because there's a statement about a thorough review. What does that mean? You know, we've had thorough review for 20 years. So if they're still talking about thorough review, I'm still a little skeptical. But then, as you said, you read the article where Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder are talking about what names. I'm like, okay, you know, that's real. What do you think about all three minority owners looking to sell? As I said, I'm curious because if their goal is the name change, that seems to be happening. If And if they think there's a COVID problem in terms of economics, you would think we'd get past that within a year. Uh, is it something about Snyder himself? Those are curious because when does that happen, right? These are precious assets that are only 32 of them and billions of dollars. And I don't think these guys need the money. So there's got to be a backstory there, Ross. At this point, Andrew, I think everybody listening or watching at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, I think everyone's aware of the Deshaun Jackson situation. As we record this early Wednesday morning, he has issued multiple apologies. There has been no discipline yet from the team. There has been a report from Adam Schefter that maybe the team could look to get out of his guaranteed amount of his contract this year. I just want you to take us behind the scenes, Andrew, since you were our front office executive for the Packers. As soon as this information comes out, as soon as it's trending on Twitter, what goes on behind the scenes? What questions are you asking? What are you doing? Well, we've talked a lot about the offseason and how teams get these calls from unrecognizable numbers and you sweat it and things are happening with your players in the offseason. This is one of those, although it's not a, quote, activity like getting in trouble uh, at a club or a bar or something like that. Uh, 
I'm sure Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, got the call or his people did. And then my always talk to you about this. My first reaction is get to the agent. What's going on? Get to the player. Can we get on the same page about actually what happened? And then corral the situation. Um, listen, Deshaun Jackson made some anti-Jewish comments that were abhorrent, that were live uh, just vile. Uh, and he's got an agent that's Jewish. He's got a general manager that's Jewish. He's got a an owner who's Jewish. Those are just sort of the basics. Beyond that, we're talking about the business side of it. What can you do? And I'm sure they're looking at the contract and they're weighing what to do with how much guaranteed money is ahead, but also whether they want to jump into what's called this cancel culture and just get rid of them. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but now we hear, I'm in Philadelphia, we hear about people, a guy I know, David Edelman, getting in, him involved with the, Philadelphia, the Holocaust Museum, which is in Philadelphia, and, and learning and all that. It's a bad look. I mean, beyond a bad look. And Ross, Deshaun Jackson is not a 24-year-old. Deshaun Jackson, 33-year-old. What goes into his mind to put out that on Instagram? And just a comment, and I say this with no comments, one of those Twitter things like presented without comment. How much shade has are people getting like Drew Brees and others compared to what's shade, if any, Deshaun Jackson has gotten? I mean, I haven't seen it from players, from executives, and frankly, from a lot of media. It just seems to me there's... I don't know why. I don't know why. And that's just my comment about that. One of the things you have been commenting on a lot recently, Andrew, has been the NFL, NFL PA negotiations. I got to give you credit, man. You were way ahead of this in terms of us getting to a, a tough time, whether it's just the health and safety stuff. And it seems like these preseason games are a really big debate. Now there's these reports of 35% of the money in escrow. And now there's there's some money chatter, which you predicted a long time ago, which I didn't really understand, given the fact that they already have a CBA and the players get a percentage of the revenue. So if the revenue goes down, the salary cap's going to go down. I didn't think that the money part of it would come into play like apparently it is. Yeah, Ross, thanks for the kudos. I mean, this, I keep going back to baseball, two-part negotiation, health and safety, and then money. Now we're in the middle of the NFL part of it. Baseball starting next week or in a couple of weeks. Football's going to start a month later. It's a replay. Will it be contentious? Yes. Will the NFL have to fiat a season like baseball did? No, they don't have that ability to do that. So they have to come to the players to try to work this out. The health and safety is not going smooth, Ross. I mean, you have J.C. Treader, the head of the union, saying the NFL is not understanding this. They're not bending to us. This is a problem. That's, quote unquote, the easy part, right? The health and safety part. We've got to get to the money. And then report from NFL media comes out 35% in escrow. Yes, I predicted this. Yes, the NFL owners are going to ask the NFLPA to feel part of this pain of reduced revenues for the 2020 season. I didn't know how. 
But now we see they want 35% held in escrow, which means you don't pay it. And when it comes to January and February, you look back and say, well, what'd we lose? And if we lost 35%, I'm guessing they're saying, well, you're not getting any of it. Then if they lost 30%, you get 5%. And if you lost 20%, you get 15% back. That's it. That's the way I understand escrow. So it's not like they're holding it and you're going to get it all back. So these are going to be tough. And, and when I saw that from the NFL media last night, I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And, you know, I have concerns about even whether we're going to have a season because of health and safety. This throws another wrench into it. I'm not going to be pessimistic here, but I'm saying we've got a lot of hoops to jump through before football. You mentioned preseason. I just think you can throw that away. I mean, preseason is the least of their concerns right now. They've got a lot of things to get done in a short amount of time. You got to check him out like I do on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. He is everywhere these days, MMQB, and of course, the Business of Sports podcast, where he dives into all of these topics in greater detail, either with a guest or with Brandt's rants. Again, make sure you're subscribing to the Business of Sports podcast. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. Also, like you, got a Patreon. So if people want to get more content, more access, Andrew Brandt at Patreon. Nice. I like it. Hit it up. Patreon.com slash RT Media or Patreon.com. Andrew Brandt. Love it. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. You know what else I love? Fantasypoints.com. You know why? Because if you go to Fantasypoints.com and you use the code FEAST, all caps, not only do you get the great stuff from Greg Cosell and Joe Dolan and John Hansen, but you might be one of the two latest contestants in our best ball draft for July. Just finished up the June best ball draft. It was amazing. Every week in, in July, we'll be announcing two more contestants to go against me and Joe in the July best ball 10 draft. Remember, you get a free entry, but if you win, you win the 110 bucks. So it's like we're giving you a free $10. You go to fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST, all caps. Ducks takes. All right, Ross, good morning. Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes signs his 10-year extension, $450 million, adding two existing years, which equals $477.6 million. We heard from Andrew. Ross, what do you think? Well, listen, I mean, I already kind of said with Andrew what I think uh, Pat's priorities were. I, I think it's probably a little misguided for the goal to be to try to have a bigger number than Mike Trout, even if that looks good on paper. I will say this, though. People say, well, it's not all guaranteed, and they can cut him. Well, they can cut him. But I think he's got over $50 million in dead cap money every year of the deal. So they're really not going to want to cut him. I mean, he's very likely to get, I think, all this money. And by the way, if they cut him, then he's a free agent. Then he's what everybody wants him to be. You know, everybody's saying, oh, should have done a four or five or six-year deal, then you could be a free agent again. Well, if they cut him, then he will. He will be a free agent again. If they don't, that means he's still getting 
that money, I think the one year he gets like 60 million on the cap. So that might be a year where they're forced to look at it and tweak the contract again anyway at that point. I also think what's really interesting to me now is with him being at $45 million a year in new money, where does Dak Prescott land? Where does Deshaun Watson land, right? There's a lot of room, Bry, between $35 million and $45 million. So obviously Watson wants to get 45, Dak wants to get close to that, and the teams want a lot less than that. Really, in that sense, the Chiefs, what they did with Mahomes really puts the Texans and the Cowboys in a little bit of a bind. The flip side, though, is they can certainly argue for more years now that Mahomes is locked up for 12. Ducks takes. Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson quotes Hitler anti-Semitic quotes and then apologizes twice. Right. We got Andrew's perspective on this earlier in the show. And I'm not really going to talk about the Deshaun Jackson part of it, Bri. I just, I've been thinking about this for a while. And two observations, I guess. One is, just in general, with everything going on with the coronavirus and social injustice, race relations, everything going on, the division, politicization of everything. This is as bad as I've ever felt about our country, as bad as I've felt about being an American, I guess, in my 41 years. It's just really, really disappointing. And having two young girls, it's just a shame. I, I it, it's It's disappointing, I guess, is the most succinct way I can describe it. And I don't have all the answers, Bri. I I don't even have any of the answers at all. The one thing I keep coming back to, though, with all of this stuff is education and the need for us to invest whatever it costs, whatever it takes into the infrastructure for education in our country. Because I think about you know, the, the more educated you are, I'd like to think you'd react better in terms of masks and the science and social distancing, all that stuff. I think the more educated you are, I'd like to think the less chance that you'd be racist, whether that's outwardly or subconsciously. I just think everything, you know, the politics, uh, being able to decipher the news, which I think is a problem. I just think if I had one, if someone said, what what, what would you do? I would just say I, I would invest a lot of money in education. I don't think it would solve every problem, but I think it would put us in a much better place across the board than we are right now. Takes. NFL PA president J.C. Treder writes about opposition to NFL training camp plans while the NFL is going to reportedly test families and cohabitants for COVID-19. Well, I like that the NFL is going to test families and cohabitants. I think that the players should like that. Number one, make sure that the people they're living with don't have it, both from their perspective as a player, not wanting to be around someone that has it, but also make sure that their family's safe and that everyone has a clean bill of health when training camp or the season starts. So I like that part of it. I read JC Treader's letter, thought it was interesting noting the 2011 lockout and what he discussed 
in terms of the Achilles tears and some of the other injury issues they had when they came back off of that long layoff. I think that's fair. I mean, those are facts. Now, I guess I would submit to you that there's typically six weeks before the between the end of the offseason program and training camp anyway. And so there's a wide range of the shape that guys are in when they come back from that. I think Dr. Chow and I talked about that on Monday. So I think it's fair to point out that it's not like they would have gone right from the offseason program to training camp anyway. And I don't really understand why the players are so adamantly opposed to the preseason games. I think that they'd actually be a pretty good idea. If I were a player, not only do I think it's useful for the younger guys, but I would want to have gone through in some way, shape, or form all of the procedures and protocols before I'm actually playing a, a live game that counts. Ducks takes. All right, and finally, Browns defensive end Olivier Vernon restructures his deal. He gets $11 million guaranteed this year, including a signing bonus of $7 million, down from that $15.25 million. Also, Patriots running back Rex Burkhead does a similar thing. So for Olivier Vernon, I think this is genius. I mean, first of all, if the Browns cut him, I don't know that he's getting $11 million from anybody else this year. So I kind of like that Olivier Vernon said, you know what? I'll take the $11 million guaranteed. And how about this? A $7 million signing bonus? I mean, you hear Andrew Brandt. He's pessimistic about this season. I'm getting the signing bonus right now if I can. $7 million right now that I definitely get? Because if they don't play the games, then the guys aren't getting their weekly checks. So I'm, I'm absolutely loving his idea to get $7 million right now. And I know that that's, I guess, technically an advance on his services for this year, whatever. But if he fulfills his obligations, I don't know what, I mean, maybe the Browns would file a grievance to get it back if there's no season. Good luck. The signing bonus, you offered him the contract, he signed it, and maybe he'll just spend it all. Maybe it'll be like Dumb and Dumber. Where he's like, okay, yeah, you can have the signing bonus back. Here's an IOU for a Lamborghini. $500,000. $500,000. I'd hold on to that one. That's a pretty good one. Let's get to an email, Bright. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rosstucker.com. Love your emails for multiple reasons. Number one, you guys come up with questions that I could frankly never come up with myself. And I think if you have the question, a lot of other listeners or viewers do as well. Secondly, that means you took advantage of one of our awesome sponsors on the homepage at RossTucker.com or the Sponsors tab or one that you hear me talk about on the show, or you became a patron, Patreon.com slash RTMedia, whatever. So I love it for multiple reasons. What do you got, Brian? Good morning, Ross. Hope you are safe and your family is doing well. I just discovered your NFL podcast on Spotify while listening to your interview on the Track podcast with Mike Giannitti. Did that a couple of weeks ago. Been working from home since the pandemic hit in my city of Ottawa in Canada. Been listening to a variety of football podcasts on a daily basis. And my favorite by far is the business of sports. Now, I do have a question for you as a former NFL player. It's kind of a silly question, but always something I've ever wanted to know. What's the deal behind socks in the NFL? Do players wear two pairs of socks or most of them 
wear some compression training leggings with socks over them. But look at all over the internet for this silly question, and I can barely find anything uh, that, uh, anyway, I've wondered about it ever since I was a kid watching games on TV. Thank you very much. That is from Chris. And that is definitely a question, Bri, that I never would have come up with myself. And that's probably why I had it in my head about Andrew, people saying that it's their favorite show. It's Chris. He's the one today saying business of sports is his favorite show. Again, I don't know how to take that, Chris, but it's he's part of our network, part of Ross Tucker Podcast Network, so I, I like it. It's better than the other podcasts you're listening to. So this might have changed, but I don't remember very many guys wearing two pairs of socks, Chris. I'm not sure. Most guys want to wear as little as possible. They want no pads, you know, no leg pads, butt pads, knee pads, thigh pads. It's not mandatory like it is in high school and college. And they want to wear the tightest shoes they can wear. They want to wear the thinnest socks they can wear. So I don't picture many guys wearing two pairs of socks, and I'm not sure where that came from. I do think compression training leggings are a big deal now that was not a big deal when i was playing maybe like to and a couple other guys were into it i do think more guys wear those i'm not exactly sure why i think they just like the way it feels but i do think that's a bigger deal when i was playing chris most guys just wore the one pair of socks that the team gave you uh now there was different ways to wear it you'd either pull it all the way up some guys didn't like that. They liked their calf out. Some guys would like actually cut the sock so that it would look differently, a different style. Sometimes they'd get in trouble for that. I mean, I never cared that much. Just give me the socks. I'm going to pair. I, I was an O-lineman, dude. Uh, just give me the socks. I'm going to pull them up. I'm going to wear it. That's what I'm supposed to do. No problem. Speaking of no problem, I have no problem giving shout-outs to any listener businesses absolutely love listener businesses just make sure you become patrons at the i think we're done here level it's a hundred bucks a month which is ridiculous value for me to give your business a shout out at the end of every show pizza boy brewing dynastyfreaks.com we've got eric eager by the way and i'm eager for you to hear eric on today's even money podcast strong opinions on the season win totals for teams like the Redskins, the Vikings, the Texans, the Lions, the Patriots, and more. It is an NFL Even Money podcast, so you definitely want to hear his thoughts, data-based thoughts on why he likes or doesn't like some of those teams this season. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.